0: Let's look in our Bibles this evening to John, at John chapter 14. John 14. Let's take a moment and pray. Father, thank you so much. You're so good to us. Thank you for this time we have together now. We believe that you are at work, faithful, faithful to your word, and we thank you for revealing truth we do ask you to open the eyes of our hearts our understanding to see and recognize all that you have done and what you're doing today in jesus name amen well uh in john 14 let's read verse 16 14 16 jesus said here and i will pray the father and he will give you another helper that He may abide with you forever. Who's He going to give to us? Another helper. Who is That is, He is the Holy Spirit. Some translations will use the word comforter. Some will use the word advocate. Uh, the Greek word means a number of things. Helper is a, a great translation of that to try to put it down into one because we can see that basically it is about uh, what He is doing to assist us, to help us in our lives, the Holy Spirit. Do you know that we were never called to help God? But actually He, the Holy Spirit, has been sent to help us. And that's a real important understanding and truth we must get a hold of. And I, I want to warn you, I'm going to say some things tonight, that if you're really steeped in religious tradition, it's going to bug you okay and uh, if you you know there are some beliefs that are prevalent in the minds of a whole lot of christians today and i'm going to blow some of those out of the water and and some of you are already with me i know that and you understand what i'm about to say Uh, but others you know it will be a new thought and so hold on to your seat and examine the word We always want to come back to the Word. If I I say something that's way out there and there's no scriptural basis to back it up, you throw it right out. Always stay with the Word. But there are some things that the Lord has revealed to us from the Word of God that are essential for us getting results and us having uh, having God on display and being able to work the works of, of God, doing the works of Jesus. And many have the idea that what happens in the earth is all about what God decides to do and we kind of just go along for the ride. It's almost... Like if, and I say almost like, there are many that just believe if God wants to do something, well, He's going to do it. If something doesn't happen, like a good thing, an answered prayer, a healing, a miracle, a provision of some kind. If it doesn't happen, well, then it wasn't God's will for it to happen. Then He just simply chose not to do it. Many people approach prayer that way they approach prayer I'm gonna ask God if I get it he said yes if I don't get it he said no that's not true that's not how prayer works how many know we have to know the answer to the prayer before we pray Amen. unless it's a prayer like Lord show me the answer to this I I have a question I need then you're just waiting to hear from him but if it's a matter of provision or God doing something You have to find out ahead of time. That's kind of how faith works. And so uh, we're not just going along for the ride. We are actually to be initiators in the move of God's Spirit. We are to be people who take steps of faith and step out there and, quote, make things happen. And this is a different mindset than many are used to. And uh, instead of us kind of helping God to get His Word out and to get people helped and saved and delivered and set free. On the contrary, uh, the way this actually works is we decide to do something and then God helps us get it done. Amen. Amen. And so in this Scripture, He will give us another helper. Now if you have a helper, how many know you have to have someone else? If the Holy Spirit has been sent to help, someone has to be doing something for him to help them. If no one is acting and doing, then he can't help. I mean, if I were to say to you, uh, could you help me move this pew And then you said, okay, sure. And then I left. (laughs) You might be thinking, I don't think I understood him. He wanted me to do that for him. (laughs) Now, if I want you to help me do it, then I'm doing it and you're helping. And if we want the Lord to help us, we have got to be doing something so that he can help us. Look at verse 26. lest we build a doctrine on half a verse of Scripture. Verse 26, the Lord said, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in My name, He will teach you all things and will bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Well, we can see this is one of the ways that the Holy Spirit does help us. How? By teaching us. In other words, by showing us how to do it, showing us the best way to get it done. If something is not working, good news, you have a helper. Amen. And he wants to help you get it right. He wants to help you succeed, to be successful in what you put your hand to. Look at chapter 15. 15, verse 26. But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, He will testify of me. But again, Jesus pointed to a Helper that's coming, not a doer. I just believe that God's going to do it. No, He's not. You're going to do it if it's going to get done, and He's going to help you. And if you refuse to take up your place of doing, then he has no one to help. All right. Now this is pretty easy to handle, but I'm just getting started. (laughs) Look at chapter 16. Let's get one more of these. If everything's established in the mouth of two or three witnesses, what about four? 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away for if i do not go away the helper will not come to you but if i depart i will send him to you in other words the jesus was trading places with the holy spirit he was there with them but then he said the helper is coming and he's going to help you do everything he's going to and he did a pretty good job but they had to act and they had to make some things help happen i just looked up the word help thought you know sometimes you think you understand but dictionaries have a way of putting things in words that, oh. It just said, help means to make it easier for someone to do something by offering one's services or financial or material aid. The Holy Spirit has come to make it easier for you. How? Well, by offering His services. And many see Him Only as, you know, as some translations would say, he's the comforter. Many see the Holy Spirit only as the one who comforts a person, say, in a time of loss, in a time of failure of some kind, he's there to comfort them. And how many know that's not incorrect? That certainly is true. That is one of the things that he does in our lives, is if you have experience loss i mean there's more than one kind of loss but i think of the loss of a of a person a loved one uh it's one of the things, one of the things he does in those situations he brings comfort he helps us through it he helps us to get over the hump amen he helps us in that situation but i don't want to limit him to only helping me when there has been a loss or a failure He actually really enjoys helping me succeed. He wants to help you not just overcome what didn't go right. He wants to help you so that it doesn't go wrong in the first place. Uh, Although, again, just hear, hear me for what I'm saying. Although He would help a person in that example who lost someone, somebody died, He would help them to get through that. In many, many situations, you know, and I'm talking about all situations other than the person is just really old. You know what I'm talking about? He would rather help that person live. If they don't, he'll help you get through it. But he would rather help them live. He would rather help you help them to stay alive. I believe that the Lord is more interested in helping us succeed than comforting us in our failure. He would rather have us have success and win than just help us deal with a loss, deal with something that didn't go so well. There is no problem that God does not want you to overcome. And in addition to any Uh, steps of victory we might present you know do these three things do these five steps and that'll lead you into victory in your life a lot of times teaching is done in that uh, form or fashion we must realize that working with the holy spirit is a clear way where we can have specific tailor-made answers or our circumstances. And I don't say that to do away with. Godly principles of faith and so forth. We, we act on those principles and steps of faith. But we are the dynamic duo with Him. Amen. When you and I learn to cooperate and work with the Holy Spirit. It's not just about turning the knob and pulling the lever. Sometimes it's specific Answers and direction that he would give to us and I would say this especially if something's not working We need to learn to work with him Because he is here to help It is one of his express reasons for being in our lives and that is to help us How many know if the Holy Spirit were the doer Everything would be done If this were just a God event, it would all be done, and it would all be done right. (laughs) However, it's not, and therefore it is not. And if we do not recognize our place in taking aggressive, bold, faith-filled action, we will sit back for most of our lives, and there'll be no God intervention. Because He is not waiting on a certain time to do His will in your life. He is waiting for us to get a hold of what we've already got and act. And then when we act and we listen. We act, we step out on His Word and we listen. We become a dynamic force in the earth where great things happen. But until you and I move, He doesn't move. Until we take steps of faith and act on His Word and act on the promptings of the Spirit and wield the sword that He has given us, then nothing happens. He does not have something to work with. We need to understand that in our working with the Lord, there's always the God side and then there's the man side of the equation. Much of what God's side is, is a matter of the finished work of redemption. It's already happened. And we can just act on nothing more, don't need anything extra than what God has already said. We can act. When we act, the Spirit of God has something to work with to bring these things to pass. All right? Again, many err in their thinking that, that everything that happens, that what happens is all up to God. All right? Not true. And the other extreme in this is, of course, in not seeking the direction of the Spirit. Not seeking what He would say to us. And just thinking, of course, well, it's all up to just principles. It's all up to just obeying these guidelines or these rules. That's the other extreme. That's a, that's a dry life. That, that's something where we're, we're just religious. And not in a living, working relationship with God. This is something that God wants to work with us in. Now let me show you let me show you a couple things here. Uh, let's go to Exodus chapter seven. Exodus chapter seven. This is, of course when God was working with His man Moses to bring deliverance to Israel. They were slaves in bondage in Egypt, and He wanted to bring them out. Okay? And many of you know the stories of the plagues and all these things. All right? We're not going to go through the whole story. But let's look at this in chapter 7 and verse 1. It says, So the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you as God to Pharaoh, and Aaron, your brother, shall be your prophet. I have made you as what? God to Pharaoh, and Aaron, your brother, shall be your prophet. God was beginning to work with Moses and teach him how he acts and teach him how he can do the same thing that he that god does and so the lord would work with moses and he would go in and he would he and aaron would go in and they'd stand before pharaoh and the lord would speak to moses he'd say tell aaron to do this so he would say aaron put your rod out here <laughs> Throw this rod on the ground. Stretch your rod over the seas. They're going to turn to blood. You know, it, it, so forth. But God would speak to Moses. Moses would have the direction. And then Moses would tell Aaron what to do. He said, I'm going to teach you how this works. You're going to be like God to, uh, to Pharaoh. Aaron's going to be your prophet. This is how... I want you to understand. I want you to operate like I do. It's very interesting. Especially when you get down. uh, let's, Let's look at the 14th chapter. You see, God wanted Moses to begin to use what he had given him. He wanted him to begin to wield the power of God the same way that he does it. And Moses was learning some things. But he wasn't altogether getting it, you know, just instantly down. I mean, he was operating in some serious stuff. But God was having to tell him each step of the way what to do. Now now listen to me. God doesn't always have to tell us what to do. We don't always need a word from God to act. Now this is where I, I... I realize this might sound like, really? I don't mean that we ever ignore, because sometimes God does speak and we must obey. It is essential that we follow the leading of His Spirit. And sometimes you'll get in situations where you absolutely need it. And you say, Lord, I do need a word here because I'm not sure what to do. But I'm telling you, we don't always have to have a word from God before we do anything. Look what happened here. This is at the Red Sea. If you know the story, Israel came out after the ten plagues. Israel came out. They are camping out. They kind of got themselves between a rock and a sea. And uh, and then Pharaoh, of course, was coming after them again with his armies, with his chariots and all this stuff. Uh verse 15 Exodus 15 14 and the Lord said to Moses why do you cry to me in other words they recognized they're in trouble and the people got the people got afraid they saw the chariots they saw the uh, the Egyptians coming and they were like yikes and they said weren't there good enough graves in in Egypt that we had to be killed out here. Wouldn't it be better to serve them and be alive than to die out here? And they're afraid. But, but look, this is so interesting. The Lord said, why do you cry to me? We might logically think and with a bad attitude say, well, you are God, aren't you? I mean, this is kind of your, your plan, right? But the Lord is right. He said, tell the children of Israel to go forward. In other words, he had to tell Moses again what to do, but he didn't want to. He wanted Moses to do it by himself. He said, but lift up your rod and stretch your hand over the sea and divide it. Notice he didn't say, stretch out your hand and I'll divide it. He said, Moses, you pick up your... Tell the people to keep going. Get your rod out, stretch it over the sea, make it split. It's almost as if, I don't know, it could seem a little bit unfair, but God's right. It could seem a little bit, well, Lord, it's not exactly like I've seen this one before. You know what I'm talking about? I I, I haven't, you know, we've done some stuff together. I mean, the plagues were like serious miracles and uh, serious judgment on Egypt, but... I haven't seen this one done. And you're acting like I should know how to do it. He kind of is. It's kind of like when Jesus got on his disciples about the storm. Remember they said. uh, uh, They were in the boat. And they said we're perishing. Master we're perishing. Don't you care. And Jesus rebuked them. He got all over them. Said where's your faith man. Well. You know you could think again. Just naturally thinking well. You know, were we supposed to know that we could get rid of the storm? Jesus kind of thought so, even though they hadn't done that particular one yet. Even though they hadn't seen that particular miracle, Jesus acted like you ought to know what belongs to you and what you can do in the face of a difficult, tragic situation. Otherwise, why is He rebuking them? Why is is the Lord saying to Moses, don't cry to me? (laughs) Whom else am I going to cry to? (laughs) Don't cry. Change the circumstance. Don't cry. Use what I've placed in your hand and make this thing split. And of course he did. Saying God split the Red Sea. No, Moses split the Red Sea. Now here's where we understand this. Moses couldn't do it without the Lord. It's not that we're saying, we're just going to do stuff without God. Never. We're not going to do anything without Him. Without Him, we are nothing. Without Him, His Word, His power, His wisdom, we can't do anything. But good news is, He'll never leave us. And He'll never forsake us. Therefore, we can always get things done. We can always have a display of God in any circumstance. Because He's always there. And He's always helping us to win Helping us to have success and fruit and answers and direction, and this is where sometimes when we don't know what to do, he is there to help us. and he'll show us things to come. he'll show us give us direction and so forth so that we can uh, we can get this now th- this is this is interesting, but uh, I want you to look over at uh, the twentieth chapter of numbers, twentieth chapter of numbers. And let me throw this out to you. Moses could have done the things that he did without a word from the Lord. Moses could have split the Red Sea without the Lord telling him. Moses could have decided which plagues were to come when. He could have said, "Ah, let's turn the water to blood in all of Egypt. Well, that's an outstanding statement. I know I'm making some people nervous now. But look at, uh, again here, ex, uh, what did I tell you, Numbers? Numbers chapter 20. Some of you know this story, but you might not have thought about it this way. Numbers 20 and verse 7. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, well, just to get the context, everybody was thirsty. <laughs> okay, they're out in the wilderness. On the way to the promised land, no water, they're griping, they're complaining. All right. Then Moses, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, "'Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together, speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock, and give drink to the congregation and their animals.'" So we have the word of the Lord here, don't we? He said, if you speak to the rock, water will come out. And we understand that. I think most of us understand one of the biggest keys to miracles is if God speaks, you do it. Amen. Remember the, what uh, at the wedding at Cana, Jesus' first miracle, uh, turning the water into wine. And Jesus' mother, Mary, said to the servants, whatever He says, do it. That's good advice. (laughs) Whatever the Lord says, do it, and it will it will work if He said to do it. All right, no question about that. Uh, It will always work if the Lord said to do it. Someone said the Lord told me to go here and do this, and I did, and it didn't work. The Lord didn't tell you. Don't be all caught up in pride. You missed it. We've all missed it at times. (laughs) Are you listening? If the Lord says to do it, it will work. He's not sending people to fail and tell you to do something and it doesn't work. But we are all learning in this. Don't be so, don't condemn yourself. I'd rather see someone try and miss it than sit on their rear end and never do anything for God, which is what a whole lot of the body of Christ does, by the way. Can I just be real clear tonight? All right. But if the Lord says to do something, do it. Here he said, speak to the rock. What would have happened if he would have spoke? Water would have come out. But look what he did. Uh, so verse 9, so Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he had commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And he said to them, Hear now, you rebels. Is he ticked off? Yeah. He said, must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod. And water came out abundantly. And the congregation and their animals drank. The Lord said, speak. Moses disobeyed him. In his anger. Struck the rock. And it still produced a miracle. He did exactly opposite or opposite or differently than what the Lord said to do and it still worked. Can you see that the Lord has given us and invested within us an ability to do things and these things will work even if the Lord didn't tell us to do it. In the sense He did tell us in a general sense. And he's given us anointing, and he's given us authority, he's given us his name, he's given us power. But Moses didn't obey, and He still got results. That tells me Moses could have done a lot of things, and probably did do a lot of things like this. Well, this was direct disobedience, so it was a problem. And he got, of course, shacked up for it, right? (laughs) Or, you know, or what do you call that? (laughs) He got rebuked for that, and and he didn't get to go into the promised land. Uh, And so we're never talking about disobeying God. But I am saying there is an ability within the believer today. Because we as the believer today, every one of us have the Spirit of God in us. Every one of us have some things to do. And it can happen uh, because we decide to do it. When we recognize what we've got. Moses had to learn this, and it took him a while. And he began to act like God was helping him and bringing things to pass all the time. Let's look at Second Kings chapter 4. Get another one of these. Second Kings chapter 4. People often are wondering, especially when you make statements of, when you talk about laying hands on the sick, talk about helping people to get answers and miracles, one of the most common questions when you deal boldly with the subject and talk about, you know, how God will always back you up, and how Jesus said, you know, you'll ask anything in my name. <laughs> What's the next question? People say, well, what if it doesn't work? Hmm. Well, what if I do just get aggressive with this and I do get bold and I start, you know, acting on the, what God's word to bring miracles and help to people's life? What if it doesn't work? Well, first of all, I, I don't encourage you to just think that way. Because my my first answer to this is it always works. And and I don't make that of myself. I'm grabbing words from the Lord where He made all-inclusive statements and said anyone and anything in my name. Okay? That it always works. So we don't approach things like this might work, it might not work. Well it won't. Let's get settled on the fact that The Lord is in us, His Word is true, and if I act on it, it comes to pass. But what if it doesn't work? Well, (laughs) we never give up. Ever. I never settle and say, well, couldn't get it that time. Never do I approach it and say, well, I, I don't know, just can't understand it just didn't work this time it always works sometimes what we need is an adjustment of approach and that's why we're not doing any of this without the holy spirit and if we think we're just taking you know just a science straight scientific approach to it and it's just cold and dry and no this is a living relationship the Holy Spirit in you. And we work together. And that's why it's vital that we learn to listen. Amen. While we're going. While we're doing. While we're acting on His Word. We're listening. And I put my hand by my ear, but really we're listening inside. In, 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 the, in the Spirit. For what the Lord would lead us to do. But there are Bible examples of things that didn't work. And we won't probably even get into them all tonight. But let's look at this one over here in, in, uh, in uh, 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 4. You see, we got to get to this point where we're not waiting on God to do stuff. You do it. We're just waiting on, waiting on a revival. Knock it off. Go do something. Just waiting on... Uh, <laughs> and when I say wait on God, there is a waiting on and listening... And expectant listening to the Lord. That kind of waiting is good. But not waiting on when nothing's going to happen. Until God shows up. God already showed up. We're not waiting on God to show up. 2 Kings 4 verse 18. Well you know what? Yeah. Well there was this woman. (laughs) And Elisha the prophet helped her to bear a son. All right? You can read about that. Verse 18, let's start there because she was getting old and so forth and she hadn't uh, had any children. And the child grew. Now it happened one day that he went out to his father, to the reapers. And he said to his father, My head, my head. So he said to a servant, Carry him to his mother. When he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. And she received this child supernaturally from the Lord. And when she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut the door upon him and went out. Then she called to her husband and said, Please send me one of the young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come back. So he said, Why are you going to him today? It is neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. And she said, It is well. Then she saddled a donkey and said to her servant, Drive and go forward. Do not slacken the place for me unless I tell you. The pace, not the place. The pace. Verse 25. And so she departed and went to the man of God at Mount Carmel. So it was, when the man of God saw her afar off, he said to his servant Gehazi, Look, the Shunammite woman... Please run now to meet her and say to her, Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. Now when she came to the man of God at the hill, she caught him by the feet, but Gehazi came near to push her away. But but the man of God said, Let her alone, for her soul is in deep distress, and the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. So he had no revelation, no understanding of anything that was going on. So she said, did I ask a son of my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, get yourself ready and take my staff in your hand and be on your way. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you, do not answer him. But lay my staff on the face of the child." And the mother of the child said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. leave you." So he arose and followed. Now Gehazi went on ahead of them and laid the staff on the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Therefore he went back to meet him and told him, saying, The child has not wakened. In other words... It didn't work. The prophet said, Take my staff, go do this. You would expect to think, and the child was risen and given back to his mother. I mean, the prophet told him to do this. And what happened? Nothing. Here's one thing that does show us it wasn't a word from God. The Lord did not say anything to Elisha about the dead kid. Who did? His mom did. So what did he do? He tried to get it done. He took a step of faith and said, "Go lay the rod on him." What did he ex- I, he expected the child to be raised up? He was doing his part. He was doing what he knew to do to transfer the anointing into that child. But for some reason, it didn't work. So what do you do? You say, well, win some, you lose some. (laughs) I mean, sometimes this thing, things work. Sometimes, well, you just never know what God's going to do. I mean... He's mysterious in his ways, and sometimes these things work out. Sometimes they don't. Let's just, you know, just learn to accept. Just be comforted that He's in a good place. It's not what He said. Let's go on. Where are we at? where are we at? Thirty-two. When Elisha came into the house, there was the child laying dead on the bed. He went in, therefore, shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. Why did he do that? Because it didn't work. (laughs) The first time he ministered to him, he didn't get results. So he said, I need, this is my words, I need help help. I need to know what to do to get this child raised up. That's our approach. Say, what do I do if it doesn't work? You pray and find out what to do different. What the next step is. Because God is always successful. And the Holy Spirit is our helper. He will give us direction. There's no doubt that all of us are lacking knowledge. And we lack the ability to see and know everything. But we have inside of us the one who knows all. He knows how things work. And if something supernatural doesn't take place right away, we never quit. We never give up. He prayed to the Lord and he went up and lay on the child. And he put his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, and his hands on his hands. And stretched himself out on the child. And the flesh of the child became warm. Well, that's helpful. I guess it's better to be warm and dead than cold and dead. But I don't know how many of you know. Well... Mom, uh, he's still dead, but at least he's warm. Is that good? No, but he is making progress here. At least something's happening. He returned because the child still wasn't raised up. Well, What do you do if he's not raised up yet? You find out what needs to be done. You never quit. He returned and walked back and forth in the house. What is he doing? He's praying, doing the same thing he did when he first got there. He's walking back and forth. He's praying, and went uh, and went and again went up and stretched himself out on him. Then the child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. And he was raised up. I think this is powerful. Elisha got the kid raised from the dead without a word from God. He took the initiative himself. And he went and sought God when it didn't happen right away. Didn't happen at the first attempt. He started praying. Said, Lord, what, what, what do we need to do here? And worked with it until it was done. We never lose. Come on now. The attitude of the believer saved filled with the life of God we've got the Holy Spirit inside of us eternal life Jesus shed his blood for us we need to have some doggone attitude that we will not lose we will not ever give in to a curse to the enemy's rule and reign in the earth as much as it pertains to our lives we will win and we'll speak the word and we'll use our hands and, ha- and the anointing that God has given us and and if in some circumstances you don't see things immediately change you find out why you say what's next I, I, I was uh, talking with a guy last week who's a uh, missionary to China and uh, we were talking about some of this and he told me a story. Did you hear the story too? Yeah. And uh, they were doing, doing a meeting just recently uh, in China. China's not altogether favorable as far as the acceptance of the gospel. Uh, there's some other stories there too. But this particular one, he's, he was ministering, and there was a man there that was paralyzed from the chest down, all right, in a wheelchair and he went over and ministered to him commanded him to be healed told him to get up he said the guy had use of his arms pushed himself up and was kind of you know just shaking holding himself up with his hands but you know nothing and so he you know he could have said well keep the switch of faith turned on and uh, anyway, he, he said, so I went over to him, I grabbed him under the arm, he had his interpreter grab him by the other arm, and they picked him up out of the chair. And he said, we started walking him across the stage. And he told me, it was ugly. <laughs> he said his feet were just dragging. And they drug, he's the whole time, you know, thank you Lord, you know, we've done some of this here. <laughs> Just command you to, to walk, be healed, be strong. Your leg. He's just speaking to him, just dragging the guy along. Gets to the end of the platform. <laughs> so they turn around, <laughs> go the other way. He said, it's ugly. <laughs> They're just dragging him along. His feet are dragging along. And uh, how many know there's a big temptation at this point to uh, put him back in the chair... Maybe this is one of those progressive miracles. And you wouldn't blame him for it, would you? I mean, thank, I mean, the guy's trying to get this guy healed. How, who would knock him for a second? I wouldn't. But they got to the end. And how many know, maybe you'd know this, I don't know, but you feel eyes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Espe- you got some, you know, depending on who's there, you got people who are totally with you. But then you got people who think this is a bunch of baloney. And, you know, want to get on you for, why don't you, jerk, why don't you put that guy down and stop embarrassing him? Yeah. They go, start going across the third time, you know, big long stage, dra- dragging this guy. And he said, he said, we were tired because <laughs> this is a pretty big guy and they're holding him up and it's just like, oh, they're tra- dragging this guy, be healed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He said something went, it was like it hit him in the back of the legs. And the guy's standing and then he's then they're still holding on to him but he's walking walking on those legs that were paralyzed a few minutes ago. I just think how many times do we settle? And I know that's a you know that can be a tough situation on the brain. When do you keep dragging? but we must have the attitude we never quit but we're always listening listening what would the Lord say how would the Holy Spirit lead me because I know for a fact he wants the guy to walk how do I know that Jesus already paid for it this is already a spiritually done deal it's an accomplished fact We know what the Lord wants. He's helping us to get it done. Why can we teach? Because the Lord is the teacher. That's the only reason. Why can can we heal? Because He's the healer. But again, He just doesn't do these things independent of people. He's waiting on someone. To say, yes, I'll take that name. Yes, I'll take that anointing. Yes, I'll take what you've given me. I'll take your word and I will implement it in my life and I'll put it to action in the earth and lives will be changed and lives will be touched. Amen. Amen. How many know most of us or hopefully most of us have shared the gospel with someone at some point? But you know, you can't save a fly's eyeball. (laughs) You can't save anybody. What do we do? We're operating in faith Amen. by sharing the Word, believing that when we say Jesus loves you, died for your sins, God wants a relationship with you, we're believing that God will take hold of what we said and bring conviction and draw that person to Him. Amen. Don't we believe? If if I didn't believe that, I wouldn't ever do it. If it's just about convincing someone in the natural, yikes. And then we believe... That when they receive the Lord, they pray pray a salvation prayer and receive the Lord. We tell them, you're saved. (laughs) Your eternal destiny has just changed. You've just been born again. What are we doing? We're tapping into the power of God. Something that we can't see. But the Lord needs us to do it. That person won't be saved unless you tell them. That saving power will not be manifest in anyone's life if someone is not speaking the Word of God, is not sharing what has been done. And we stand up and say, Your, your, your sins are forgiven. You're saved. Well, did we actually do it? Well, in a matter of speaking, we did, but it's only because He did it through us. It's only because He's the Savior that we can minister salvation to another person. And why do we separate some of the more visible, outstanding things and say, oh, but this is different? No, it works the same way. Healing works the same way as salvation. We make declaration. We step out by faith and say, this is the way it is and this is what's going to happen. And then God says, yeah. I've been waiting for someone to say that. I've been waiting for someone to kick their hands out of their pockets and get them on somebody's head. I've been waiting for someone to speak my word and declare what I have already declared so that I could make it happen then. So who made it happen? I'm not sure. I think at times there's some confusion. Who did this? Did I do that or did the Lord do it? Yeah. Hmm? I, I, I heard uh, not, not too long ago there was uh, um, some testimony of some people being healed. Great, m- amazing things. And a person uh, made a comment about it, about this healing, that was nothing wrong with it, but it didn't sit right with me when they said it. They made the comment, just it was just simply, isn't it great, something like, isn't it great what God did, or something of that nature. Uh, isn't it good that God would do that? Something like, they said something like that. And I thought about it, when I read it, I thought, well yeah, however, God didn't do it by himself. And this, this could sound like, this could sound wrong to some people. But I want you to understand where I'm coming. It never would have happened, except you had to hear the the testimony, but it was a person ministering healing to another person. But the the implication in the statement was like, it was like God decided to do that. Isn't that great that God decided to do that for those people? Well, He always gets the glory because, again, without Him we can do nothing. However, God didn't do it by Himself. And I don't mean we're supposed to praise the person. But we need to understand that it was that person's bold action that brought the miracle that God wanted to do the whole time. And if we are so afraid of God not getting the glory, keep your heart there. But if we're so afraid of God not giving the glory that we don't acknowledge and recognize the human vessels that He has to use. Then we will sit back and be passive. We'll sit back and wait for God to do something. And if He's not doing something, well, I just don't understand it. While some people are sitting back waiting, other people are, in our day, in our time, seeing God move. I don't want to be the one of the ones that are sitting back and hearing about it on the other side of the planet. Other side of the country. People are doing great things for God. Man, this is our only shot. This is our time. This is our day. It's the only opportunity we have to be used in these type of things. We get to heaven, there'll be no demons to cast out. And I will be glad about it, but hey, this is our only shot. There'll be no sickness to get healed. There'll be no prayers to be answered. Come on now. There'll be no need and lack. And I don't want any of it, but while we're here... Man, let's represent Him and show people how good God is. He is such a good, good God, and He needs a representative to declare it. And not only talk about it, but show it. Yes. And I'm telling you, the potential in your life is much greater than what you've realized. The potential even in my own life is much more than where I've gone so far. But I say we step it up. <laughs> I say we contend for the faith. as. as uh, Was it Jude 3? Uh, I say we move forward with everything, every amount of faith, and begin to be bold representatives of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand up tonight. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your grace, for your divine ability. Thank you, Lord that you are our helper we are not alone in this endeavor we are not trying to do things beyond what is in the realm of possibility for the believer all these things are possible for him who believes and Lord we thank you tonight Glory to God. Thank you, thank you, thank you for doing great things among us. But Lord, we recognize our place. We recognize our part that you're not moving independent of the body. You're moving with us and you're moving through us. And we yield ourselves as vessels that you can use. Vessels that you can flow through. Praise God for the victory thank you for your help thank you for your divine ability working in every single one of us and through us through us lord ha, what a good god you are praise god la- praise god praise god the lord is good thank you lord praise god for that praise god for that hey, amen god. don't be afraid to step out and do things big amen amen we serve a big god we serve a big God. Sometimes there's big projects that the Lord has for people. Amen. He, he's able to make. He's able to uh, to make it happen. Amen. All things take steps of faith. I can give many testimonies, personal testimonies, of both things in my own life and things that I've done for others and helped others to receive. But I just can't get away from the fact that He always wants me to step out. <laughs> I mean, it's nice and I'm not I'm not recalling I any mean, maybe it's happened, but it's nice just kind of sit back and watch it happen, but so often we've got to take a step of faith and actually say something, actually do something. And the flesh doesn't like that. The flesh wants to see it in advance. I want it in the account. <laughs> Now that doesn't mean write faith checks, don't get me wrong, I'll <laughs> be writing checks on money that's not in the account, but you know, even moving here, the money was not in the account. <laughs> but sometimes you take steps of faith, you say I'm going to do what God called me to do, amen. And sometimes steps, there's steps in the middle, doesn't give you all the direction, at least that's my experience. Doesn't tell you every little thing to do. I mean, you you don't start a church without direction from the Lord. I'm not. Hope you don't get any of that kind of idea. Just go out and do stuff. (laughs) I don't mean stuff like that. There are things like that you got to have the direction of the Lord. But some of the things beyond that, He wants you to decide. Some things I just have to decide to do. Amen. Why? Because I'm anointed because you're anointed it's another message but it's, it's relative all believers have the anointing of God power of the spirit in their life therefore there's a certain amount of things you can just do amen and as you go if it needs to change you find out well that's not quite working right there walk around the room walk back and forth and even if it seems crazy crazy lay on a dead person yikes could you close the door Uh, okay here we go gross and you know the first time that kid was dead for a while right because it was cold wasn't even warm yet what (laughs) yeah yeah took some time to get there The Lord wants to use us. I think we need to be aggressive. Look for opportunities this week. Amen. The Lord will back you up. Act on His word. Amen. Act on the promise. Let the Lord back you up.